Hello. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye? No. Are we done? No. No, we've just started. We've only begun. We've okay. only just begun. All right. Wake me up when we're done. Okie doke. I'm going to take a little nap. Aww. Uh, Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Today's date is April 16th, 2018. And we are going to begin a study on Second Pita. Pita? Because it coincides with Jude, which we did like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard Jude, number one, shame on you. Number two, go hear Jude, because that was a good one. And Second Peter and Jude go hand in hand, except Second Peter's three chapters, so we're not going to be able to complete it in one day. It'll probably take three separate deals. All right. And both are dealing with end time apostasy in the church, and they're both dealing with the days we live in right now. Um. And it's been that way really since the beginning of the formation of the church. The the uh, apostates started creeping in unaware and privately. But it's been going on now for years. And what we have now in, uh, in our cultural Christianity or our Western Christianity uh, doesn't look anything like the biblical Christianity, unfortunately. And it's a different... Uh, it's a different savior. It's a different Jesus. So that's kind of where we're going with this. Uh, Peter, <clears throat> Peter and Jude, both these epistles uh, prophesied this in the in the last times, and we're truly in the last times because you can actually see the prophecy come true mm-hmm. to the point where it's like a hundred percent true, <laughs> not even a little bit. It's yep. like really, really true. It's really, it's all true. It's all here. It's all corrupt. Um, yeah, seriously. So we've been, um, we, you know, we've been scouring some, you know, kind of biblical teachers or whatever, you know, on YouTube and trying to find good stuff. There's, and I'm not going to mention a whole lot of names. There's probably only one, one guy that, uh, I can even still listen to. The rest of them, a lot are nuts. They they start off okay um, in their teaching or talking, and you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then as you continue to listen to them, there's little there's clues there. They're going sideways. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? Yeah, and they're misinterpreting the scripture. They're not taking it in context. They're not using proper hermeneutical approaches to Bible study. And they certainly don't have the Holy Spirit leading them to truth, mm-hmm. and they're and they're and it's subtle. It's not. It's not going to come. They don't come out, you know, and teach you, hey, Jesus is an alien from outer space, because you would you would immediately reject that, right? Uh, so they they teach subtle things that sound good, words that sound the same that you've heard over and over before, but um, the teaching's false, and it's it's going to lead you away from biblical truth. Mm-hmm. And I've said this over and over and over again. Constantly be discerning in who you listen to. That includes yes. us. Test the spirit. Yeah. If you're if you're not discern if you're not burying what 
what we're saying and following us on the scripture and stuff, then I can say anything pretty much and, and fool you. So mm-hmm. you need to back that up. You know, you need to um, see what I'm saying is, is true. And that's why, that's why I, you know, personally, really, everything's is Bible, biblical. And um, it's, it's hard to refute. You know, I mean, if people in the past have tried to refute and it's like, well, show me, show me in the scripture where, where I'm wrong, where I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So they can't do it. And so then they just go away. Um, and I, and I've, I've lost people because of that, because yeah. they, they cannot um, rightly divide the word of God. And um, oh, in, 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 in all humility too, I'll say, well, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Because this is, this is the way, uh, you know, yeah, but they'd rather hold on to the traditions of men exactly than let that go and go with what God said because we've never done it that way before. Exactly. In fact, Miss Capal brings up the point that one very good brother uh, that I had actually said that to me. If you're correct, then everything that I believed in crumbles. <laughs> you know, it, this had something to do with prophecy, end time prophecy you know, with the Antichrist and Israel and all that other stuff. And I was showing, uh, I was actually pointing to Jesus Christ and what uh, a portion of scripture in Daniel where most people attribute it to the Antichrist. I said, this ain't about the Antichrist, it's about Christ. And um, he couldn't handle that. And he says, if you're correct, then everything I've been taught crumbles and I can't deal with that. So he'd rather would go with what he was he believed he was taught all these years falsely in church than to see the biblical truth of Jesus Christ. That's a true story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not bragging because, oh, I'm so bright or anything, nothing like that. But I'm not under the umbrella of, of a church or um, I'm not accountable to the assemblies of God or the Southern Baptist or I'm only accountable to the Holy Spirit and to God. So the Holy Spirit, as he, he guides you to all truth through his word, and you do due diligence to do that, that's what, that's what you teach. That's what you put out. And um, it's, it's really that simple. It's not, it's not that complicated. Make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. So Second Peter, and it's a, uh, it's a prophecy about the end times. It's just, it, and we're here. And um, I think what I was going to say is on YouTube, there's a lot of different people there and they talk a lot of nonsense. Some of them are very obvious and some aren't. Just be very careful about who you're listening to Mm -hmm. and what they're talking about and why it's important. Um, I posted a couple of things on uh, Fifth Hook Media, the Facebook page there. Two things. One is that uh, these false prophets, they're false teachers, they're false prophets, and they're also sons of Belial. They're serpent seed mm-hmm. posing as Christians, and I can actually say that because they're false teachers sure. that are they're taking people away from the truth of Scripture. One is named David Mead, and we've talked about him before. Yeah, we we made fun of him last year because he predicted Jesus Christ was coming last year um, in 2016. I think he predicted Jesus was coming in 2015. It's always around. You know, this time in April, because they <clears throat> they look at the false Jewish calendar, which is not even God's calendar anymore. 
In fact, the Jews, Israel's not even the old, it's not the biblical Israel anymore. No. Anyway, I can go on and on. It just, people are just ignorant. And, but this David Mee guy, the year and the year before predicted Christ's return to rapture, certain blah, blah, he gets press. I don't know how he gets press, but he gets press. And this year he's back and he does the same thing. And it's the same old nonsense. Jesus Christ got the rapture. It's pretty sure I've, I've crunched the numbers. And this particular article that I had posted, uh, you know, went back to all the, the times people said Christ was coming back, crunched numbers. Mm-hmm. And they started with 1844 with... Um, the Millerites? The Millerites, yeah. I forget his first name, but John Miller or something, which the Seventh-day Adventist church came out of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello? Exactly. Why the heck are you belonging to the Seventh Day Adventist Church if it's founded on a false prophet? Never, mm-hmm. never mind Ellen White and her nut bucket stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. But the people go to that church and they think they're saved. They think they're Christian, and they're not. It has nothing to do with real biblical Christianity. It has nothing to do with first century Christianity. It has everything to do with a religion. That's right. It's a false religion. So th- this article talks about the Millerites, and it talks about how they predicted in 1844 Jesus was going to come. It's called the, it was called the Great Disappointment, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's what they call the Great Disappointment. People sold everything, yeah. went up on the mountain waiting for Jesus to come back, and you know I think people committed suicide and stuff after. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what Jesus wants you to do. You know, kill yourself because uh, I didn't return. You know, I mean, you see how far off that is. Mm-hmm. And that's because people, they, didn't under, they don't understand a biblical prophecy. They don't understand the Old Testament. They don't understand, they don't know God, and they're not led by the Spirit. So mm-hmm. they're crunching numbers and doing all kinds of weird stuff, looking at the stars. And so he did this. Other people have done it over and over again. Mm-hmm. So David Mead does the same thing. He gets on planetarium.com, and you can do the same thing. You can, you can create your own doomsday event if you want. And so what he does is, okay, Jupiter's aligned with Mars, and the sun is right here, blah, blah, blah. So that's the, that's the woman of Revelation 12. Yeah. And she's crowned with 12 stars, and at her feet's the moon, and that's the sign in the sky, right? They just, they, they're just It's unbelievable, mm-hmm. the stuff they make up. And every year what they do is they just change the – because those constellations, by the way, align every year. They are honest. I mean, I'm not making it up. They align every year. This is nothing new. So every year they take it and maybe they leave out Jupiter and then put, you know, Venus in there or put, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they say, Jesus coming back. Of course, it never does. And forget that whole thing. No man knoweth the day or the hour. Oh, forget yeah. that. <laughs> I'm David Mead. I, 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 I'm predicting the day, but he'll say, I'm not predicting. I'm just saying there's a good possibility. <laughs> Yeah, just in case I'm wrong, yeah. I'll do it again and then, you know. And then there's another little me. guy uh, on YouTube. I don't know his name. He's a little guy and he has these little short alligator arms and he wears, <laughs> he wears, and he has a beard. He has a big beard, a big old head, little teeny shoulders and alligator arms. And he, what it gets me about him is he wears short sleeves, a short sleeve dress shirt with a tie. Mm. Very fashionable. Well, if you've ever been in the business world, you just don't do that. You don't wear short, you don't wear a tie with short sleeve unless you have a jacket on. But he has a whiteboard behind him and he draws diagrams, very good diagrams. That's all he does. There's nothing more to his videos. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-mm. He just does diagrams. And this guy, I've listened to him before. He's, he's a false teacher. But he comes off like, oh, I'm very knowledgeable. I know all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a video called... Uh, Theories of the rapture or rapture theories. Yeah, 38 or ra- uh, theories of rapture. Theory, okay, theories of the rapture. Theories, not facts, not biblical script. Theories of the rapture. Theories. And within two weeks, he had 37,000 people who watched it. Mm-hmm. So you know what you know what that says to me? I got 37,000 people that I can't reach. I can't, I can't wake those people up. No. You know, they're... <laughs> For, for some reason, they're fascinated by rapture theories. They want and, their ears tickled. Yeah, I, I get the sexy stuff. I guess I it's I it, I it befuddles me. Um, you know, Christianity, uh, the religion befuddles me. It really, really, really does. So guys like that. Um, there's another guy. Um, well, there's another article. In fact, I posted because it mentions this guy's name. And I posted this, and it, it says, um, the article was from some science, science magazine, and it said, flat earth, flat earth and religion. So it piqued my uh, interest, you know, because flat earth people are very, uh, oh, they're very militant. Mm. You know, I mean, if someone's listening to me right now and they're a flat earther, I'm going to get emails and, oh, you arrogant son of a gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, even people who don't believe in flat earth are very careful around the flat earthers because, you know, they'll go off on you. Um, I, I can care less if the earth was flat or round. It makes no difference to me on the price of tea in China. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. What I do care about is when you're saying the earth is flat because it's biblical. Yeah. Then I get mad. If you want to say the earth is flat or that dinosaurs still roam the earth, I, I can care less. Uh, or the earth is round and dinosaurs don't roam the earth. It don't matter to me. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me. Um, but what affects me is when you start saying that's, that's what the Bible says. Right. See, and so I'm reading this article and they did a poll on these flat earth uh, people. It's a small percentage of people that believe that the earth is flat. I mean, a small percentage, but there's, but they're out there. Mm-hmm. But in this small percentage of people who, who believe the earth is flat, there's a high percentage of them that consider themselves Christian. And the, and the reason why they believe the earth is flat is because the Bible says so. <laughs> and and I, I, they go as far as to say, and I'll mention his name, Rob Skiva. Mm. If you've ever heard of this guy, Skiva or Skiva, one, one of those two. I got fooled by him one time years ago. Mm. I gave him 30 bucks for a DVD that he, he allegedly, uh, he was selling them. But what he did is he's just stole everybody else's material from YouTube, including the History Channel, which is totally illegal, copywritten stuff, and sold it to me for 30 bucks. And what a crook. And he was he used to raise money for a um, a pilot he wanted to do called The Seed or something like that. Yes. Talking about Nephilim and The Seed and all this stuff. That was, according to his words, downloaded to him in the desert in Arizona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, he ra- he raised all this money, and guess what? It never came to fruition. So where'd all the money go, folks? Exactly. But yet this guy's at prophecy conferences. Um, you'll see him hanging around Ellie Marzulli and all these other people. Rob Skiva. And he's a big flat earth guy. He's a big proponent now of flat earth. Um, but going to the point to even saying that when you look up in the sky, 
and you see all those celestial bodies and stars and everything, mm-hmm. we were, we've been taught wrongly that God created all that. And we attribute all that to God when it's really Satan's handiwork. We're living in Satan's bubble and Satan's did all that. Yeah, can you There's, believe that? Yeah. Oh. So I'm thinking, what about Psalms? I, what is it? Psalm, I, I forget if it's 18 or whatever it is, you know, where it says, you know, behold the glory you know, of God in the, in the, in the stars. What and, about just Genesis one? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. You know what? Now you're talking Bible and uh, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. And there's so many people that are following these guys, mm-hmm. you know, is it, is it just so sexy? Is that what it is? I mean, really? I mean, somebody tell me why is, is this so important? I don't know. But to me, it's a sign that we are, in fact, in the very last, last throes of the last days. And it's not going to end April 23rd, <laughs> like this, but, but we are in the last times because our Christianity has gone so left. Mm-hmm. It, it's just gone so sideways. And I use the term loosely, Christianity, because it's a religion mm-hmm. now, you know, and... and you know, and Miss Capow and I were talking about this not too long ago, where it's like every word you come up with to define biblical Christianity, it gets hijacked. Yes. If, if you go, well, what I'm talking about is biblical Christianity, the Christianity of the Bible, then that gets hijacked. Yeah. Um, and then I forgot, it got hijacked by some false prophet not too long ago, and it says, yeah, we're talking about Christianity, the Bible, bi- biblical. It's like, what? That's the term I use. So you go back and you use uh, what they used in the first century, the way, children of the way. Nope. They'll take that and they call it the church of the way, you know. Um, you know, Jesus Christ has been hijacked. Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the same Jesus Christ. Uh, Holy Spirit uh, has been hijacked. You know, the, the, you got the Holy Immaculate Heart of Mary Magdalene and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. Catholic Church. You know what I mean? The words and terms can be stolen. Yep. What can't be stolen is real truth. And how are you going to know real truth unless you, 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 know s- it. you know it, unless you see it? And for that, I, 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 really, don't, I really don't know what to tell you. Uh, you just have to read it and, and pray that the Holy Spirit opens it up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I can say about that. If he doesn't, um, there's something wrong. Because <laughs> he's because the, James says if anybody lacks wisdom, you just ask and mm-hmm. God will give it to you liberally. So if you're not getting wisdom liberally, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just that's just the truth. Uh, okay, <laughs> everybody's left. <laughs> because, I'm still here because of my rant. Everybody's everybody. <laughs> well, I'm not listening to this guy no more. You know, I, yeah, they don't they don't like Brother Kapow. Yeah, but um, they all, yeah, he's crazy. He's ready. He's so condemned. He's condemning. <laughs> he's not loving. He's, he thinks he's the only Christian. He's, he's the only one who knows anything. <laughs> I really don't, folks. I really don't think that. I don't think I, but I do, but I do believe the word of God does. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm putting out is the word of God. People get upset about that. Well, of course. Yeah. Okay, Second Peter, Miss Kapow. Second Pete, huh? Yeah. Shall I just read it? Yeah, and I'll stop you. And then you, you stop and, me whenever? Yeah. All right. Second Peter 
chapter 1, verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so Peter's opening up. He's addressing himself as Simon. Simon, the Hebrew word, the Hebrew from the Hebrew, Simeon. Simeon, that means hearing, hearing, okay? So Simon Peter says he's a servant or a slave, just like Paul uses the same word, I'm a slave. So if you're not a slave to Jesus Christ, who are you a slave to? Mm-hmm. And he's an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's an apostle. He's working. He's spreading the, the message of the redemption of Jesus Christ. He's an ambassador. Yes. And he's writing this letter to who? To people who have obtained like precious faith mm-hmm. with him or us. That means the other apostles. And how did they obtain that precious faith? Through the righteousness of God and through the Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's who the letter is addressed to. Go on. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So grace and peace be multiplied. How many people uh, can't sleep at night? How many people don't have grace? Well, why is it not multiplied? It's multiplied through the knowledge. And this isn't gnosis. This is uh, epinosis, which is the full discernment or acknowledgement of the Lord Jesus. Very, Very good point. I love that. This isn't gnosis. It's not Gnostic knowledge of God and Jesus Christ or just a intellectual knowledge. Epinosis. Uh, by, reckon, by implication, a full discernment. <laughs> That's when you know that you know because you have the witness of the Holy Spirit in you. Oh, my goodness. Now you're preaching, Miss Powell. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got the Holy Spirit in you, so he, you know that you know. You have that relationship with God. That's how grace and peace are multiplied. It's according to his divine power. Hath given, I'm sorry, I'm reading for you. Go ahead. Okay. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. God's divine power gave unto us, Peter, the apostles, the ones he's writing to, us, if, you've, um, if you're basking in the knowledge of God in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. has given all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You notice life has to come before godliness. Mm-hmm. It's not regular life. It's spiritual life. Yep. You, have to, you have to be reanimated in Christ. You have to become the new creature then godliness follows. You don't start trying to be godly and religious and then try to obtain spiritual life. That's right. Because you need the life of God in you in order to do that. The order is important. Mm-hmm. And you, you get that life and godliness through, oh, there it is again, knowledge. Epinosis. Yep. It's all over this epistle, that word. Mm-hmm. And that's why we try to emphasize that to all of our listeners and to ourselves, it's the knowledge of God. It's knowing him. It's pers- persevering that, that relationship with him. 
Yep. That's very important. Verse four, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through us. And I got John uh, 10, 10, that this life that um, Peter is talking about is the life that Jesus said that he came that we might have life more abundantly. Mm-hmm. And then in John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him, Jesus Christ, to them gave he power or authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's a beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm. The powers to become the sons of God, really? I think that goes way above um, the phony promises that the fallen angel gives you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're rich in fame and fortune, if you, you know, commit homosexual activities, eat feces and drink blood and, you know, Exactly. Have sex with children. And then in verse four, it <laughs> says that you, you've have, you've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Mm-hmm. And we go back to first John two, which says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. And that kind of goes with, you cannot serve God and mammon. No, you have to serve one or the other. And verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, the corruption of that lust. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. you got to let go of the world. Mm-hmm. Let go of the world. Oh, That's I lo- what I believe Paul was saying, that... I am crucified to the world, and the world is crucified to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's no such thing as a carnal Christian. Mm-mm. You ever hear that term? Yep. Oh, he's, he's a Christian, or he's just a little carnal. There's yeah. no just... <laughs> no. You have to escape the corruption, corruption that's in the world. You have to escape that. And that's why you're giving those exceeding great and precious promises. Mm-hmm. That you could partake of the divine nature after, after you've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Exactly. And whoever, and, and it's our faith, right, that overcomes this, this world. So for whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the, the world, even our faith. And therefore, the righteous must live by faith. Mm. Is that Habukkuk? Yeah, that's in Habukkuk, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38. Mm, the righteous shall live by their faith. Mm-hmm. Because that's why Peter said our faith, our faith is more precious than gold. Mm-hmm. It's our faith, you know? And that's why we have to learn to walk by faith. And that faith is... That knowledge of God in Jesus Christ, it's not the, see, that's the other word that's been hijacked. Mm-hmm. George Bush's book, you know, no. my faith, <laughs> Barack Obama, hey, my faith, you know, everybody throws Trump, you know, my faith, come on, give me a break. Faith to them means religion. Mm-hmm. It's not the Greek word pesteo, you know, that's different. It's not just an intellectual belief. It's a knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's a believing, even though you haven't seen it. That's right. 
It's uh, the faith of God. Yes, thank you. You know that? That God gives you. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not your faith in, well, I believe that he real, that there's a there's a guy in the sky that's going to help me. It's not that. Mm-mm. No. no. You know, that's why when people, you know, you say, God, they would just believe. They, like that was your own power. Mm-hmm. It's not. Your faith, the faith that God gave you is a gift. Mm-hmm. It's something that you don't, you didn't acquire on your own. It was given to you. Because no person can come to the Father except that the Spirit draws him mm-hmm. and gives him the power to do so. So that's why on your own human, you, you can't just be driving around going, you know what? I'm tired of this, uh, this uh, drug-addicted life. I'm just going to start following God from now on. Well, you can become religious, but you can't change your nature. Yep, that's true. And you only be drawn to God if the Spirit draws you. It's a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Now, verse 5 says... Oh, I just want to oh, say I'm one sorry. thing. Oh, Having escaped the world through lust, uh-huh. I want to make sure we cover the word, the word lust. Okay. It's a longing for something that's forbidden. Mm. Desire lust. Now, there's some people who long and desire to have a kid. There's some people who long and desire to have mm, a corner office or cheeseburger with fries. Cheeseburger <laughs> fries. Exactly. New boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Fill in the blank. If you got a lust, you got a desiring after things of the world, it's a craving, a longing. Be careful with that because that is corruption in the world. That's what corrupts you. It becomes an idol. It does. And why do you think you have the term money preachers? Mm-hmm. Why do you think the, the the rest of the world makes fun of Kenneth Copeland and um, you know Paula White and all those people? They call them money preachers. Creflo Dalla. Is, he even has a name, Dalla. Mm-hmm. Why do they think you make fun of them? They call them money preachers because those guys are using the gospel of Christ. They're using Christianity as a religion to satisfy their lust for cash. Mm-hmm. Their lust, their idol is mula. That's right. They they serve the god of mula. Those guys are pretty obvious to see, but hey, they have thousands and thousands of followers. So obviously it's not that easy <laughs> it's to not see that easy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, for us it is, but for these other uh I don't know. I don't know. Well, obviously they have a lust of their own. Yes. Yeah, because the promise is uh, with these guys is seed faith. Mm-hmm. You sow into my ministry, you sow into me, um, you're going you're gonna to get tenfold, twentyfold. You know, they give you Whatever that. you desire. Yeah, whatever you desire. You want, you want a, bl- a plane like this? You want a jet like me? You know, you want to drive Cadillacs? You have to start giving God his due. Mm-hmm. Hey, we've heard this before. Uh, I've heard this several times. Uh, Miss Kapow and I were in a church. Actually, we went to my sister's church, an Assembly of God church, uh, a few years ago. And the uh, one of the associate pastors got up there, and he was talking to the congregation. He says, God wants three things from you. Remember this, Miss Kapow? Mm-hmm. Wants three things from you. He wants your time, he wants your talent, and he wants your money. And then he went on. And it, it, boy, you, you, you just hear that and you go, yeah, God wants you. Yo, the pastor said that. Well, you know, you know what, what a false teaching that is? Mm-hmm. Number one, God doesn't need anything from you. 
He's the owner of cattle on a thousand hills. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't need nothing from you. And he certainly doesn't need your finances. You know? Oh, yeah. oh, God's going, I want your time. I want your talent. What talent? In fact, God doesn't want your talent. John the Baptist says, I must decrease so he can increase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what talent? What? Paul, Paul was, a, was, was a learned, learned Pharisee. Mm-hmm. He sat under the teachings of, uh, was it Gamiel? Mm-hmm. Yep. He was a Roman citizen. He was a big cheese. What talent did God use of his? When he was being beaten in the head, unconscious, when he was being whipped with 30 stripes, thrown in prison, what talent did God use of Paul's? Because it's God who does the work, yep. not your talent. It's not your time, and it's certainly not your money. Okay, I got angry. <laughs> okay, that's through lust. Okay, and beside all of this, Ms. Kapow. Giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. What does that mean? Well, I know the word diligence here is the same word that Jude uses in um, verse 3, where he says, I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. And the mm-hmm. word diligence here is um, means speed, earnestness, haste, <coughs> carefulness. So pay a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Pay a lot of attention. Uh, be very earnest that you add to your faith. What's that word? Peace this. It's add to your persuasion, your moral conviction, your credence, your truth, your reliance on Christ, on God. Add to your faith virtue. Mm-hmm. Virtue meaning properly, it means manliness, valor, excellence. Virtue. In other words, man up. Whether you're a woman or a man, you know what I mean. Man up. Be virtuous. Your course of thought, your feeling, your action, moral goodness, moral purity. You know what? You can't be a Christian and be an immoral. Those two don't work. Mm-mm. It's one of that. the fruit of the spirit. Goodness. Yeah. 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 You can go right to Galatians five and look at the fruits of the spirit and add it to this list. You know, compare it to the list. Mm-hmm. This is what Peter's saying. This is called spiritual mathematics. There's some diligence that goes to this, to your sanctification, to your um, your growing in Christ. Mm-hmm. This is what produces everlasting fruit. Mm-hmm. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit, right? Yep. Verse 6. Wait, oh, and to I'm that sorry. virtue, I want to break this down for oh, the yeah, listeners because I want them to understand what this means. Okay. And to virtue, you add knowledge. There's that word again, but this time it's gnosis. Yep. It's, it's gnosis this time. You add the knowledge or the science, the general intelligence and understanding. So the knowledge, I would think, of your doctrine. That's right. You need to know your Bible, your precepts, God's commands, what's required of you. Mm-hmm. When you go to school, you need to know what's in the course and what's required of you. All right. That's right. Verse six. And verse six says, and to knowledge, temperance, which is endurance or not endurance. It's um, self-control. Yes. Self-control. And to temperance, patience, which is endurance and to patience, godliness. Okay. So, so temperance, you add 
your self-control, that's the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. Doesn't that go with not being corrupted by the lust of the world? Mm-hmm. So be temperate. He's like, ooh, you know, I drive by that really nice house in Malibu. It's $4 million. I don't even have a job, but I'm praying to God he give it to me. That's not temperance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Patience is not the same thing. Patience is endurance. So temperance is a, um, <clears throat> you know, you're not, you're not getting carried away with the lust. You're, you're controlling yourself. Mm-hmm. And patience is enduring that waiting, mm-hmm. steadfastness. Uh, that's, that's, it's hard. Yeah, it's what Revelation's talking about, mm-hmm. those that endure to the end. Yeah, it, it's hard. That's, that's a hard part of the Christian, the biblical Christian walk. Mm-hmm. And to that, you add godliness. Holiness. Yeah. And we are to be holy as God is holy. Yep. And have respect and piety towards the things of God. Mm-hmm. Verse 7. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Well, you should be uh, courteous to everybody. You can't be out there and be an idiot to the world and then expect them to uh, see Christ in you. Mm-hmm. But brotherly kindness, especially to those other people in your fraternal Christianity, right? Brotherly love, mm-hmm. love of the brethren, sisters, other Christians, mm-hmm. cherish each other in Christ. It's getting harder and harder because it's hard to find uh, a, a church where you can all gather together <laughs> as biblical Christians. Yeah. So it goes, it goes to with Romans twelve nine through 13, where it says, let love be without dissimulation. That means without hypocrisy. You know, when it says to love in truth yeah. and walk in truth, walk in love, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good and be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business. And that kind of goes with um, um, when we haven't gotten to verse eight yet, have we? That's no. the next one. Go ahead. Yeah. But anyways, I'll get back to that one. Anyways, be kindly affectioned to one another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient, endure in tribulation, and continuing instant in prayer. And that goes a lot with Ephesians, you know, when we put on the whole armor of God. Yeah. And distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Amen. Very good. And what's verse 8? For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the word um, barren, let me see my notes here. Hold on, I've got too many things opened up here. It's argos. And? It means inactive, unemployed, uh, lazy, Lazy. That's the word I'm looking for. Makes you lazy. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to, when we go back to Romans 12, 11, where it says, not slothful in business. And that word business is the same word that they use for um, being diligent, speed. You see? Yes. Good. Wow. Good. Great. Great connection. Yeah. Yeah. So not to be slothful in business, the business of building yourself up in Christ. Right. So 
If you're barren, that means you're lazy. You shun the labor which you ought to be doing. In other words, studying yourself to show yourself approved. Exactly. Yeah. And then it, it, in Romans 12 again, goes <clears throat> being fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a really unique tie there, but it's certainly, it's really tied in. I'm sure there's a lot of people who read that in Hebrews and said, um, Slothful business, and they think it's about business practice. Yeah, putting on a three piece suit and going to the corporate office and taking care of work. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a problem with with our language. You know, we uh, over the, the the years, you know, the culture has changed, and it's a, the, the word for business means something different than it did. You know, yeah. when when they translated the you know the Bible in English, King so James the, version. So verse eight says, <clears throat> so um, for if these things be in you and abound. They make you that you shall neither be barren or lazy, idle, unfruitful mm-hmm. in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that kind of goes with the, um, the, the the parable of the seeds. You know, when, when Christ was talking about the seeds that were fallen by the wayside, that's where Satan steals the word and you get no fruit. Yes. It's thrown on stony ground. Those are the people that receive the word with, with, with gladness, but because they have no root... So any affliction or persecution of that word, uh, there's there's no endurance with them. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is too hard, and they fall away. They get offended, mm-hmm. and so they're th- ah, the word doesn't work or whatever, and so there's also no fruit. And then the seed can also f- uh, fall upon thorny um, among thorns, and that means that the cares of the world, you know, you see, oh, crickets, and you walk after the world, you get deceived by uh, riches, making money and and gaining fame and and fortune. And and then you have the things of the world, the lust of the world, the lust of the eyes, the flesh, the pride of life. Those things enter into your life, and they actually choke the word. Because remember, all those things are enmity with God. Those things God doesn't have any value to. So... There's big conflict, and once again, you become unfruitful. But it's those where the seed, the word of God, falls upon good ground, where the people that hear the word and they actually receive it, and then they bring forth fruit. And some bring 30, 60, or even a hundredfold, but it just depends on how much you hear the word of God and how, much, uh, and how diligent you are to practice it. Remember in um, Mark 4 and Luke 8, it says, Take heed what you hear and what measure ye meet. It shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. And whosoever has not, for him shall be taken even that which he seems to have. And then um, Tim in 1 Timothy 4.16, it says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continuing in them, for in doing so, this thou shalt have both save this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And Romans and James said that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and faith without works is dead. Man, it's, the word of God is just so intertwined. You know, all these different authors led by the Holy Spirit writing. I mean, how would that be possible to have that same thread mm-hmm. through all these different epistles and writings? It's just incredible. Yep. 
Just incredible. So what he's saying, if you do these things, you do this, the spiritual math and you add these things upon your faith, you're not going to be barren. You're not going to be unfruitful in what? In your ministry? Uh, you're not going to be barren or unfruitful in your, your uh, marriage? Mm-hmm. No. And here's the word again, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that word, once again, is epinosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The precise, correct knowledge of God. You're not going to be unfruitful in that if you add those things to you. Mm-hmm. And of course, the opposite is true. And I think you, you've shown that, Ms. Kapow, that if you don't do these things and they don't abound, then you are going to be barren and unfruitful. Mm-hmm. Like verse 9 says, but he that lacks these things, and that's basically the word that the... The word lack is um, is like two words, but basically those that are um, uh, that are not present, that don't walk hand in hand with Christ. Okay. Uh, let's see here. They're not near. They're not near the Word of God. Yes. They're kind of far off. Far off. So he that is far off or lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And you know what that is? He that lacketh these things, okay, doesn't abound in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Barren and unfruitful. That's the guy, that's the guy who's predicting the re- the, the rapture on April 23rd. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who's besmearing the words of God to the rest of the world mm-hmm. because everybody's laughing at him. And when it doesn't come true, He's a clown, and then he comes back next year and clowns some more. Mm-hmm. This is the guy who's insisting that the earth is flat because the Bible says so. He's besmearing the word of God. Mm-hmm. They're creeping in unawares, very subtly. That's what they're doing because these people are blind. They can't see afar off. They can't see the eternal heavenly things. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're stuck into the lust of the world. That's their Facebook likes and their YouTube uh, subscriptions, mm-hmm. right? They're monetizing. And this also goes back to the Old Testament when God warned them, once I bring you into the promised land, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget that I've taken you out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you start going with the, you know, the heathen, basically, and then worship their gods. So this is actually just like a warning that once God delivers you and saves you and he blesses you and he teaches you truth and he opens up your eyes to to the word and then you become you don't become diligent anymore yeah. and you get lazy and you start idling around and doing things oh I could do this and this and that and all of a sudden before you know it you've started walking away from God yeah. without realizing it you know, you're kind of drifting off. Mm-hmm. So this is like a um, a warning yeah. to us as well. So, yeah, it's a big, be diligent. Mm-hmm. Take heed, be diligent, because you could backslide. And this means, this is what mm-hmm. it means to be alert. Mm-hmm. Be sober, be alert, you know? Pay attention to uh, your biblical Christianity. Mm-hmm. Verse 10, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence, there's that word again, diligence, mm-hmm. to make your calling an election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You won't backslide. Mm-mm. You, you will have eternal security if you do these things. If you don't do these things, you could backslide and you will lose whatever you had. 
you'll be deceived. Mm -hmm. Verse 11, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus says, I am the door. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's, he's the abundant life and he is the door that, um, John 10, seven says, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse nine says, I am the door. And by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Amen. Amen. Verse 12, Jerry. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. In other words, Peter's going to remind you again and again. I'll never be negligent to remind you of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, verse 13. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must be put off this tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. So as long as Peter's alive in this bodily form, this tabernacle, this tent, he's going to stir you up to put you in remembrance. And he's done this even to us because it's in writing and it's part of our scriptures. That's right. And he says that knowing that soon he's going to die because Jesus told him that when he got old, someone's going to bind you and lead you where you don't want to go. That's right. And he was going to die. Blessing. A martyr's death. Um, Yeah. That's a guy who had faith and believed what he did. Mm-hmm. Verse 15, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease, which means exodus. Yes, I saw that. I love that. To have these things always in remembrance. It means it comes from the Hebrew exodus, just like when Israel. Yeah, they deceased from Egypt, right? Mm -hmm. They exodus from Egypt. So you decease from Egypt. What do you do to the things of the world? You decease from the lust of the world. Amen. <gasps> it's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Right. Numbers, uh, verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made note unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses to his majesty. So they didn't need to make anything up. They didn't make fables up. They actually saw the Lord transfigured on the mount. That was Peter. That was James and John. And they actually saw the future glory of Christ, him transfigured, and they saw him talking to Moses and uh, Elijah. Elijah. Yes. They actually witnessed that. Plus, they, they were his disciples and you know walked and lived with them and stuff. So you're getting it from a firsthand experience, not from you know some nut bucket uh, you know, makeup stuff. Mm-hmm. But we don't go by all these spiritual um, experiences because you can be deceived. And this is why Peter says, for he received from God, the father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice came from heaven. We heard when we were with him in Holy Mount, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. You see, it's the word that established this experience where unto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the dawn, day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Yes. A good point because he's saying we witnessed all of this, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not because we saw some supernatural transfiguration in Moses and Elijah. 
talking to Jesus Christ that we're saying this. In verse 19, he says, we have also a more sure word. That means a more confident. Mm -hmm. Literally, it means a more firm, steadfast, forceful, more sure, trusty, okay? Trusty word of prophecy. In other words, what the Old Testament prophets prophesied about Christ, Mm -hmm. we then saw it. That's what makes it confirming. That's right. Okay? That he says, yeah, and you're going to also do well if you pay attention and Mm -hmm. take heed. And I love this. As unto light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and that day star arise in your heart. So there's that word hearts. Mm -hmm. We did a study on that a couple of weeks ago. Because we were once darkness. Yeah. Yeah, all of us were filled with darkness. You Mm -hmm. know, it reminds me of like um, if you're in a dark room, picture yourself in the bedroom at night, right? Mm -hmm. And you open your eyes in the middle of the night and it's dark in there. And you see the dresser, right? So you know that if you have to get up and take a pee, you don't want to uh, hit the dresser, right? Yeah. But in the darkness, you know it's the dresser, but you can't see the details of the dresser. You can't see the wood grain. You can't see the knobs. But as as daybreak comes, well, all that begins to to make sense. Mm -hmm. You see what it is. That's kind of reminds me of so it, until it, it you're you you do well if you take heed to these things and, and you keep it just like as a light you know you see you see through a glass darkly like Paul says until the day dawn mm-hmm. that day stars Jesus Christ Amen He arises in your hearts and what is the word hearts Remember we studied this a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. It's cardia if that's where we get our our word cardiac or heart but it means um, our emotions. Yeah. The center of, of our physical and spiritual life. It's the mm-hmm. sense of, of everything, our, the, the soul, the mind, our passions, our appetites, our intellect. Mm-hmm. It has to arise inside of you. Okay, verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. And that goes with what I, what I just said. We have also a more sure word of prophecy or a more firm or confirming trustworthy word of prophecy now because these Old Testament guys talked about Christ and what was happening. Now we've seen what it's going to look like. So Mm -hmm. he says, know this first, that no prophecy was written out of their own heads. You know, Isaiah, Ezekiel, you know, Habakkuk, all, all these prophets didn't go, you know what? I think I'm going to write a, I'm going to write something today and make something up. It was all through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it all points to Christ. That's right. Everything points to Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. Verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. And in- that's why everything gels and works together. Yes. <laughs> It does. The scriptures, the Bible, it all intertwines. No matter what topic you're looking at, like we're reading Second Peter right now, and Ms. Kapow's reading all these scriptures in Hebrews and Habukkuk, and it's all intertwined. You're like, how would they do that? But you can also do a study like we did on, on the heart, and you'll see it all intertwined, or you'll do a study on, you know, fruit, and it's all intertwined, and it's amazing. And that's why the false prophets come, among us in the last days and false teachers 
and they bring in damnable heresies that will damn people. And they start talking and insisting the world is flat because the Bible says, or God's going to come back April 23rd. And what they do is they besmear the scriptures. And so then people, the rest of the world says they mock and go, why would we listen to an ancient dusty old Bible that was written 2000 years ago? And that says goofy things, right? Mm -hmm. So they miss the truth. And that's the deception of Shatan. That's right. Serpent seed, folks. Serpent seed. That ends chapter one, and then we'll begin chapter two next week where we actually talk about, Peter talks about, false prophets among us and the mm. false teachers who privately bring in damnable heresies. Yep. Privately. Privately. And that's why, do you know that's why during the Reformation when uh, Martin Luther nailed the the 95 Theses on the Wittenberg door, it said, you're teaching heresy. Mm. The Roman Roman Catholic Church says, well, you show us where it went, where these heresies came in and diluted the truth. Show us where exactly when it happened. And the Protestants couldn't, couldn't give you a definitive moment when it happened, right? When, when did biblical Christianity, first century Christianity, go sideways? You know, I know historically around the fourth century, mm-hmm. you know, because if you study church history right around the fourth century, that's when it all started going crazy yep. after Constantine, the fourth century. But, you know, so Rome was saying, okay, if we're wrong, you tell us exactly when it happened. And they can't give a definitive moment. You know, well, it happened in, um, you know, 95 AD <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a spring day <laughs> yeah. at, at two o'clock in the... Uh, they, you know why they can't say it? You know why they can't give it? Because this scripture right here, false teachers who privately mm-hmm. bring, shall bring in damnable heresies. You don't even know when they did it. Mm-hmm. It's so deceptive. Yes. And it brings swift destruction. So that's going to be next week, but not this week. No. So chew on that. Okay, Ms. Capel, I think we're done. Okie doke. Ciao, babies.